WSL Nation, hello again. Welcome to another Challenge Cup episode. We are just at the cusp of the completion of group play. We have one division all, already done and dusted and a finalist selected. I guess they earned it. They weren't like handpicked. You get the idea. And we've got one more set of games before the other division is wrapped up as well. I'm Steve Schwartzman, of course, as always, here with our resident soccer savant, Mike McPhee. Mike, how are things? Things are good, Steve. How, how are things going over there? Swell, I think, in a word. We're an uh, exciting time for the game of soccer. I think this is a perfect place for to extend some congratulations to each other. I don't think it's a secret. You and I had a very lengthy discussion about the uh, potential of the European Super League. We released that episode, and within the next day... Uh, the league had folded. So congratulations, Mike. We single-handedly we, put we it into a terrible idea. We did it. We killed the Super League. That was us. So you're welcome to all of Europe. And the game of football in general. The, the so. beautiful game. No thanks required. It's fine. All in the day's work. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, Mike, we are headed into the final weekend of the Challenge Cup group play. And we've already got one, I think you could call it division champion or division uh, finalist representative we're ever close to the first one. Let's kick things off really quick and start in the West Division, which is pretty simple. This is a for real congratulations, Mike. The Portland Thorns have done as expected and just completely torn through this thing. Three games, three wins, nine points. They will be representing the West Division in the final. First, how are you feeling? Secondly, what do you have to say about what's gotten to this point in the West Division? Just the, the storyline in general. Yeah, like you said, Steve, feeling very good in the Rose City. I wondered how they would do without, you know, when we were on the international break, without their uh, international talent. I, I think they, they did very well. I also wondered how, how the Thorns would do incorporating um, so many players back into the team, if it would take some time to sync up, you know, shout out to sync herself but i think they clicked immediately and yeah wins against uh kansas city chicago and a very exciting uh win against the ol rain and that tied up the division but one thing i will say though is that both you and i noted that the west division was probably the more competitive which is yes. ironic it's it's the east that <laughs> that is now coming down to <laughs> To single point goal differentials. Some of these teams that are not making it to the Challenge Cup final look phenomenal. And yes. I especially want to give a shout out to the Houston Dash and the OL Rain. The Rain have played some phenomenal football against even, even their 2-0 loss to Portland. I thought they looked very good. And that's even mm -hmm. seeing Megan Rapino and Jess Fishlock only play half the match. But then you have to talk about their 3-2 fireworks display against the Chicago Red Stars the other night. You know, some star performances, especially out of Sierra King. Some just, just phenomenal play. This is an exciting team, whether they're winning, losing, or drawing, that they, in my opinion, have been, outside of the division champions, the reign have been the most fun and exciting to watch. And you, you also have to give a lot of credit to the Houston Dash particularly once um, we saw the likes of Rachel Daly and Christy Mewis back in the mix. We saw that same magic that, that they showed in last year's Challenge Cup, and they still have uh, one match left against Portland. And so I, yeah. I don't 
you can ignore them, especially when they're at full strength. The Rain Red Stars match might have been Gotham Courage is really hard to beat. This might have been it's it's a good argument for match of the tournament so far. You had what looked to be a pretty stout defensive battle that within three minutes between Mel Pugh and Sofia Huerta like completely shifted. <laughs> Uh, I love the storyline of Sierra King coming in for Megan Rapino. I think that's one thing that's overlooked is, is, is taking over for Megan Rapino and her stature coming in within the next 40 minutes, finds a way to score. She's so quickly establishing herself as one of the young rising supernova stars. I understand that none of that fits in terms of astronomy you know, as as like the super sub, a goal and an assist. And that doesn't even tell the mm-hmm. full story of how she was all over the attacking third of the pitch, you know? Well, yeah, and she came in, she set up Pruitt, Pruitt's goal. She had the assist for that. She mm-hmm. scored in the 87th minute to seal things. You had Morgan Gautreaux who kind of made things interesting. This was such a, a bonkers high energy of a soccer match. And really where Chicago, Chicago, I think, has some pieces to fill. And that's that's the truth. But one thing that I think is uplifting for Seattle is where they found their energy has been sans their international players. Those players, they're going to lose come Olympic time. And what that says for me is where they're lacking in their ability to qualify for the final here in the Challenge Cup and having an early out in this stage, they're gaining in the sense of they might be one of the club's that's walking out, you know, timing-wise, walking out and into the regular season with some of the most momentum. I think that's true. I think that bodes well for them in the regular season. You know, the league dropped the regular season schedule, so that's really exciting. We actually have a concrete look at where and when matches are going to be played for the rest of the year, so that's exciting. That first match on May 15th is going to be exciting. By the way, uh, the, the opening of the regular season for the Challenge Cup is a day separated from the opening of the WNBA season. We've got the NWSL and the WNBA opening within the same weekend, Friday, Saturday. I love the kickoff match, basically the Battle of the Newbies. Yes. Louisville, Louisville KC. I think Gotham Houston is going to be f- explosive night. Rain Courage will be fun for the reasons we just discussed. I, the, all the matchups through the weekend, I think they've paired them up really well. It should be a lot of fun. That said, obviously, Portland is going to come in as a very heavy favorite. I think we'll dip back over to them in a second after we talk about these upcoming matches. But your um, original point, I think, cannot be oversought of don't let the quote-unquote easiness of Portland taking this division oversee the level of talent within this division and how competitive each of these teams are going to be in the regular season because yes three games three wins nine points that's impressive two of those matches very much were well wide open and they found a way to win like we said i just don't think you can just put a stamp on this was one team against the field this was there was a lot to take in from this you have leading scorers and leading distributors within this division i mean even kansas city uh had you know delfava's leading in yellow cards so you even have kc up at the top of the stat list in some (laughs) cases as well so you know that's something that's not nothing you know kansas city new team located to the new city under you know not ideal circumstances they're going to finish last in the division they're sitting at the bottom of, of the standings currently one thing i have to say is that their first home match the other day the fans really came out for it and at least from the broadcast you could really hear that passion and that support 
which was very exciting. I mean, did they mm. win the match? No, but but I I was very happy to see the fan support. I saw a really cool tifo that you know paid paid homage to uh, their origins as FCKC and then the Utah Royals. That was my one hope for them this season is is that the fans would would embrace this team and i i think the early indications are good yeah definitely i mean uh encouraging it'll be interesting to see how that maintains to the regular season but yeah yeah that was uh that was a nice definitely a nice gesture on their end for someone who has very high uh criticism of of that situation and i've yeah. been open about that it's obviously uh, uh it was a nice moment to take in the West is is more wrapped up. We do have a handful of matches over the weekend to enjoy the West Division and obviously to prepare for the regular season. But we still have an East Division slot, and it's a doozy. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Front and center in this situation, which I'm not sure anyone openly predicted is Gotham FC, who now stand atop the division with seven points. If they, at the very least, match up to whatever Carolina's result is this weekend, they will win the division. They have, obviously, they've overseen Washington, who no longer has any matches. Mathematically, you're looking at, well, let's go ahead. Actually, let's just formalize this. We'll, I'll, I'll do my best to organize the scenarios for division right now. And you and I can, you can correct me here. Standing at top is Gotham, right? So a win over uh, Louisville this weekend uh, obviously seals this for Gotham outright. Yes. If they draw, they are in minus a Carolina win. I believe that's the only scenario yes. that would bump them out on a draw. And obviously with a loss, a loss uh, would keep then them it in will... if Carolina, basically Carolina ha has to win. If they if they draw, they tie on points. They win on goal differential over Carolina. Orlando almost has more options than Carolina in that a win and a Gotham loss ties up Carolina. They do need to play out on goal differential, which currently Currently, they're down two goals. So they, they have to hope for a Gotham loss and potentially to delineate some of that goal differential so they can supersede it. If they win 3-0 somehow out of Carolina and Gotham loses, that puts them in, in play. So those are the scenarios. Did I miss anything there? No, you're absolutely right. That says it all. If Gotham can get the win, they, they seal it. But this is what we said the other day when they drew the Washington Spirit as well. And... Mm -hmm. and you know they just didn't make it happen it was a very technical push and pull defensive battle gotham like we said has been a surprise leader in the east they are playing louisville who is at the bottom of the standings but has also been really impressive this is a team that was within about a couple minutes of drawing with the courage this is a team that has been competitive with Washington and Drew Orlando. So I don't think their standing is representative of who they are. They can be competitive, and if they at least hold Gotham to a draw, then this gets very interesting. Then everything comes down to that North Carolina-Orlando match. Yes, and it's it's very possible to say that that scenario with or with Louisville is not out of the question by any stretch. No, and that's I think what makes this weekend 
as exciting as it is because this is really what we've seen is we feel like we had a note on the rhythm of these teams and so many factors seem to lead us to very interesting results Gotham being one of them I mean Gotham upending the courage is is probably one of the bigger and more energetic upsets that we've seen in a very long time especially just by the sheer energy of the entire night altogether which was insane yeah you you mentioned earlier you know matches of the tournament and O.L. Reign in Chicago is up there, but then Gotham and The Courage has to be right there too. Either yeah, either I, of these teams could be division champions and no one would be surprised. I think realistically you can say openly that I feel like Gotham Courage has to have been the match of the year so far. The cool that part was- about this for Gotham if they seal this, this will not be a scenario of teams stumbling and them having happening to be at the top of the pile they've earned their keep from start to finish and people are also potentially to realize like they were pretty darn close to this already being sealed they could very easily have had nine points coming out of this very close that match against washington was was really tight there was definitely opportunities but the spirit had opportunities too one thing we do have to mention is that there was an interesting trade scenario where ali long had been injured for the ol reign hadn't seen play suddenly she gets traded to gotham so this is the team that is knocking on the door of being the of coming out of the eastern division and i don't know her health status but now they they add world cup winning ali long to their mm-hmm. midfield so again i think this bodes well for the regular season as well most definitely i think there's a lot of excitement to carry through this that'll speak to it let's let's talk about the matches themselves we'll start on saturday we'll move into sunday we've got the courage hosting the pride the pride are ones across the board. If they find a way to upend the courage or even so much as get them to draw, they really are doing Gotham all bevies of favors. You have to think the courage are looking energetically and making sure that doesn't happen. What are your expectations with this matchup? I think the courage know that they have to come out swinging and luckily for them, this is what they do. And we saw how many in their last match, we saw how many attacking pieces they really do have. Their their 3-2 win over uh, Racing Louisville, to paraphrase the graduate, I have one word for you, just one word, Dabinia. I mean, she, she creates out of nothing. <laughs> she can shoot from anywhere. She's phenomenal. Lynn Williams, her speed, the way she drives the ball is phenomenal. Jess McDonald had such a cheeky header in, in that match. Kristen Hamilton, Denise O'Sullivan. There are so many pieces that can either create opportunities, can disrupt play, and can force a really strong attack. That said, Orlando, I mean, if we look at last year's fall series, they completely split played the spoiler for the courage i don't know what it is about this team and the pride have only gotten better since last year i mean nobody denies that they're in contention they could technically come out of this division still who expected that from the orlando pride it's phenomenal absolutely but they would love nothing more than to play the spoiler for the courage although that could also potentially seal it for Gotham. But their only chance of staying in is to lock down defensively and then create an opportunity. Of course, you have to consider some of their attacking pieces that can form a strong counter. I don't know if the names Marta or Alex Morgan come to mind, but they should. 
Also, speaking of the pride defense, you have a goalkeeper in Ashlyn Harris who has blocked two penalty shots in two matches. I, I'm not sure. I'll have to double check my math, but I think that's statistically impossible. But she did it. So I, I think that the Courage probably are going in with an advantage. But something about Orlando has had their number for the past year. So the match to watch for me. And you've got to think, so this is a squad who was a Hendrix goal in extra time from having six points yeah, and having right. much more energy toward this. They gave up a Paige Monaghan goal against Gotham in the 79th minute. This, it, it, it's, it's one thing to say that they played the spoiler. They've also just simply played extremely well this entire tournament. And one thing that I think stands out to me as I look through the standings and something that really kind of stands out to me and where I actually think a lot of energy can go toward Orlando in this case would be Carolina's given up eight goals in three games. They by far and away have been the weakest in terms of they've given up their goals against, I think they're two above the rest of the crew. And and the other two, those two, you're looking at Louisville gave up six, Kansas City gave up six. They're at the bottom of their divisions. And then you have the courage who who have given up eight. Now, of course, to the courage, they're offensively stout. They've outscored that number. But still, if you're Orlando, that actually, I think, gives you a lot of credit in saying, I think they have the potential to possibly run with this team and find opportunities to score because it seems like just about everyone had. That's that's a really good point, Steve. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. All of All of their matches are high-scoring affairs. So if your defense can hold their own then you've got a real shot and that's the difference is you talked about in in fall play they were looking to spoil orlando's looking to win i think that's the difference here is they very much feel that mojo they've seen that energy i think alex morgan has come out and played with much more explosion than may have been anticipated coming out of her pregnancy and, and everything else obviously gearing up for olympic play helps that but there is a lot to to play out here with the courage, I think it's definitely a situation of they know that they can physically outlast people. Are they going to be able to really make a splash early uh, and try to get this one out of hand? That's what helped them against Washington was Washington scored early and North Carolina responded with three quick blips. I think playing at home is going to help their energy level as well. That said, this is a much more, com- I think this will be a much more competitive matchup than people are anticipating. But just to get to it, where do you see this going? Who, who's who's winning this matchup? Really tough call. I think this is probably the most important match left. I'm going to say 3-2 for the Courage. Very nice. I want to say the the last time I decided to make a bold prediction for the heck of it, it kind of went my way. So just to have some fun, I'm going to give this one to the Pride, because why not? Nice. Uh, weirder stuff has happened in this oh, tournament fuck. alone. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2-1. For the pride on this you know screw it i'm gonna go three one why not make it interesting hey wow because they i want to i want to put pressure some pressure on uh, a little bit of pressure on the oh, next game li- we're going to talk about which is gotham so yeah yeah, yeah. we're going to go three one and might as well have some fun that's all i'm going to say here but at the same time the pride the pride are one of those teams that people are looking at them in that same spoiler game i don't think people are giving them credit for how actually extremely well they've been playing this whole tournament no it's not representative it's i mean yeah. same story with with like the rain or the dash the outcomes aren't really reflective of how they're playing right now absolutely 
So let's head into Sunday. We have got Gotham hosting Racing Louisville FC. Gotham currently sit above the East. Louisville does sit at the bottom of the East, but do not let that tell you that this team has not been effective. They had a 2-2 draw thanks to a goal in extra time um, with the Pride. They uh, went down just by one to the Spirit, so they nearly got a point out of that one as well, which would have helped them potentially in the standings. And they're an own goal away from drawing the Courage. So the Louisville have made some serious noise... (laughs) (laughs) seemingly i mean they're a blip here and there unluckily none of those immediately led to wins except for the pride one but you're looking at a team with five points heading into this game if If things are a tiny bit different if games only finish just a couple minutes earlier for them (laughs) insane it was one of those things of just uh you know extra time beat them and then there was that own goal this is this team has played i think above their talent level which is really funny considering a team that has sent uh mccaskill and nagasato but i well, they're new established. They're trying to yeah. find their still, and they have held yeah. their own, obviously, against the best teams in, in their division. Where Gotham, I think, has done extremely well, to their credit, has been handling late performance in, in close settings. Orlando held them scoreless through 79 minutes. They were able to make that work late. They obviously got a late score to upend the courage in an absolutely monumental beat. The Spirit had a very aggressive game against them, which they were at least able to hold Pat and get points that way. I think they have a pulse on a on big game feel and how to attack that. And I don't know if it's there's been some veteran leadership. Carly Lloyd's, I think, played above her what people may have expected. Midge Purse, they're finally just letting her go crazy. And it's amazing what happens when you let Midge Purse go crazy. <laughs> The free purse uh, movement really paid off. Yeah. And I was screaming about it this time last year. I remember screaming about this because they saw her in a different field. And now it's very much about she's she's shown what level she can go to. And it's paid huge dividends. When it comes, I, what's this matchup going to come down to? Because if you're Louisville, this a, a great way to build momentum is to get this upset. Obviously, if you're Gotham, you're looking to continue to shock people. What are gonna what's really gonna be the key factors in this matchup? That, good question. I think this I think it's in Gotham's hands. It's theirs to lose. Like you mentioned, they know how to win in big moments. And I honestly think they're going to learn from the Washington game. The Washington game was very tight, technical, often defensive play. Yeah, there was opportunities. Mm-hmm but it wasn't like their first two matches that were a lot more fast paced where they opened it up and a lot more long balls. They let players like Midge Purse, Fiona Manu really open up and use their speed. I think they're going to learn from the Washington match and against, especially against a team like Louisville who has mm. very technical players like Yuki and, you know, power offensive players like like McCaskill. I think they're, if they play more like their first couple matches where it's more open and fast-paced, they're going to be successful. I don't know. What yeah. do you see out of it, Steve? I mean, really at this point, I think it comes down to how quickly can Louisville find opportunities to get shots on goal. When they were able to find spots early, I think that ups their confidence. That helps them gel better on on their front line and it just allows them an opportunity to to put balls in play if they can maintain that i think it supports them gotham has played extremely well defensively i think their back line has been really stout so it's going to be difficult but that's kind of where it tips and scales with me is is uh, i think offensively these teams actually match up extremely well i think gotham might have the advantage 
on the defensive end as I see it. But that said, I'll go ahead and make the prediction first since you did. I think Gotham's going to win this one potentially handily. Uh, I'm going to give them a 2-0 victory as far as this one goes. But I wanted to make sure I was clear on acknowledging how well Louisville has played because I don't think this will be a pushover. That 2-0 could turn into something completely different, and I'm fully aware of that. What do you think? No, I think so too, and I think Louisville knows that they can play the spoiler for Gotham, and I've been impressed with their play, not disheartened at all, especially for a new team, like start from scratch. Gotham has been, you know, building for several years now, but I agree. I, I think Gotham knows this is their moment. And I will give Louisville a goal, a goal, but I'm going to say 3-1 Gotham. There you have it. So uh, we match up pretty well as far as that looks. Now, uh, my last question as I lead into this, I think, is where it gets most interesting. Obviously, Portland set. They're waiting on an opponent. We have three potential opponents. We'll see how that plays out. If you are the, if you are the Thorns right now, you're looking at Orlando. You're looking at Gotham. You're looking at Carolina. Which of these squads are you potentially most nervous about? Who do you feel, you know, as a team that could really give Portland the biggest run for their money in a final? That's a good question. I mean, the big rivalry is is with is with North Carolina. They have beaten the Thorns at key moments in their career, and the Thorns have beaten the Courage at key moments in their career. I think there's a mutual rivalry there that's maybe possibly the biggest in, in the league. But if you think back to last year, the Thorns didn't do especially well, but they were the ones that knocked the Courage out of the Challenge Cup. I think Portland is ascendant, whereas the courage are rebuilding. So I don't know if that's uh, the one you're worried the most about. If um, if I'm the Thorns, I, I think it's Gotham. This is a team that, you know, the old sky blue, for some reason, always had their number, even when they were underperforming in the league, always managed to frustrate Portland, even in very good years for the Thorns. And this is a team that's gotten exponentially better quickly. And they play a totally different style than than the Thorns do. And I think that has the potential to fluster or, or scramble their, their usual pacing, their the rhythm that they've established in the West. So I if I'm the Thorns waiting for an opponent, I think Gotham might be the one to watch out for. I, I actually kind of see it that way too. And I think a lot of it is just because they got to have the toughest time in planning for that squad. Their youth with the level of expectation they had versus what they've accomplished, it's harder to prepare for in a lot of ways. And that's what makes sense to me. I think Portland is smart enough to know that no win is an easy win and they'll take that going. But I totally agree with you on Gotham there. But there we have it. This is the final week of, of the Challenge Cup group play. We'll be rolling in steadily to the finals on may 8th next week uh we're rolling in pretty quickly there games this weekend we do have uh courage pride will be held on the cbs sports network everything else will be on paramount plus just hold on tight through the weekend and then you can either ditch the app or keep it maybe you like it i'm not going to sit here and tell you what to like and what not to like there you have it anything else uh, you wanted to bring to the table mike before we call it a day just disappointed that you won't tell me what to like and not like it's just freedom you know i i like you to be able to choose but i can I mean i can tell you what to like and not like i can run into that you like crunchy peanut butter yes um you, i do you really enjoy bikini kill but specifically on vinyl you know i love me riot girl yeah and you know you don't like 90s mtv comedian colin quinn there's just something about him yeah yeah and you're not a fan 
you know, I hadn't realized it till this moment, but, but now, now I, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just, uh, if you need, if anyone else needs to be aware of what they like and don't like, you're always free to get in touch with me. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to do that analysis. That said, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining again. This is always fun. We've still got more soccer to get in wind of in terms of the regular season. We're working out those plans right now. For those who may not be aware, I will be on paternity leave for a while come June. So I may miss a bulk of uh, most of the season. So we're looking at uh, the potential of continuing the show. We're not sure exactly how that's going to live. So be on the lookout for that. That said, we have a Challenge Cup to wrap up within the next week, which will be very exciting. And then the season's kicking off right around the corner. They get about a week break and then things are, are playing up. So definitely keep yourselves uh, airtight, edge of your seat. We should be ex- uh, seeing a lot of exciting soccer throughout the rest of the year. But until all of that, thanks again for joining us on this episode of NWSL Nation. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Mike McPhee. And we'll catch you next time. 